Um, one question. Mark, is this, uh, is this water for me? From Calvary Temple, right? <laughs> okay, okay, good. Perfect. Perfect. That's just as I wanted. All right. Well, uh, I was a little bit concerned when uh, Mark had said that he was going to be sharing a story. Uh, I almost thought that he was going to be stealing my thunder. <laughs> but... Uh, I think I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> so the message, the first message for today, don't eat cookies when you're 27 while you're listening to the radio. All right. Good message. Message number two. Um, this morning, Pastor Ellen asked me to continue on the, uh, the, this message series on storm chasers. And um, as you know, I'm, I'm full of puns, so he... Apparently, he thinks I have some sort of expertise because of my name, you know, Mr. Thunder. So I'm going to do my best to live up to my name. All right. So why don't we just begin by, by praying? Father God, uh, I just want to thank you so much um, for your presence, God, for, for your desire to be among us. And Lord, uh, I just want to thank you, Lord, for for all that you've been doing among us, Lord God. And uh, thank you for your passion, your, your desire to see us succeed and to see us in the place where you want us to be. Thank you for being with us, Lord, through the storms of this life. I pray, Lord, that you would, you would bless your word this morning, bless this message. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing on the, the series on storm chasers, and uh, for those of you who um, who weren't here over the past few few weeks, we we began this this message series called Storm Chasers. And uh, how many of you have ever been caught in a storm before? You know that sometimes it could be extremely scary, extremely frightening. Uh, there's so much that's unknown about storms. When you're in the storms, you don't know where the storm's going to blow. You don't know uh, where the next lightning bolt is going to strike. You don't know what's going to fall out of those clouds. And so this morning, uh, we're talking about the storms that you and I face on a daily basis. The storms that we face in our lives. And this morning, we're speaking about God's presence among us through those storms so that we can confidently do God's will in the midst of those storms, continuing through it fearlessly. This morning, I'm, uh, I'm going to be sharing a, a, a story, one of the most significant, one of the most magnificent storms recorded in, in Scripture. And um, so... This storm, this, this magnificent, magnificent storm, it, uh, what it did is it, it literally shook the foundation of this, of this earth. And it was so magnificent that it caused the people of Israel to become free. So I want to, uh, I want to share with you the, the context of this. First of all, I want to, I want to say, who, who here has ever been caught in a hailstorm before? Anyone? It can be quite frightening. I mean, especially when you don't know what size of the hail is going to come, come out of those clouds. I mean, um, 
I was doing a little bit of research, and it says that um, hail can grow up to six inches and can weigh more than about a pound. So it's almost like seeing uh, um, bowling balls fall from the sky and, and, and us trying to dodge it. Now, that's a scary thing. And anytime you're out in the storm and you hear someone say, Hail! Everyone runs. Everyone, everyone runs away. Because there's, there's nothing more frightening than being caught in a hailstorm. So this morning, uh, we're looking at one of the intense one of the most intense storms recorded in Scripture. Um, so I just want to give you a context of, of this storm and how it happened. Uh, it happened in Egypt uh, during the time of, of Israel's slavery. And at the time, Egypt was, was oppressing Israel, and they were in slavery. Um, they were extremely treated extremely um, poorly. They were suffering. They were literally suffering. And they cried out to God, and God heard their cry. He had compassion on them, and he responded. He sent Moses to be a messenger, to be a deliverer for for his people in Israel. And he sent Moses to go straight to Pharaoh, who was oppressing his people. And he gave him the responsibility... He gave him the, the, he empowered him to perform various miraculous signs in order to convince Pharaoh to let his people go. And among the various signs that, uh, that he was able to perform were the ten plagues. What had happened is uh, time after time, um, Moses had, had performed, uh, he performed a miracle, uh, one of these he allowed one of these plagues to hit, hit, uh, hit Egypt. And after each plague, he asked, he asked Moses, let my people go. And after each plague, uh, Pharaoh was, was, was so, uh, so shocked and so, um, so affected by these plagues that he said, pray to God that these plagues would stop. And after each and every plague... He got those plagues to stop because they, they were so intense plagues. So ten of these plagues, I, I want to go through these with you. As God was, was, was um, allowed, allowed Moses to have these plagues uh, take place, God's heart was that his, his uh, people would be free. And here are the plagues here. First one was, was a plague of blood. And so what he did is he struck the Nile River, and all the, the, the drinking water, had, it stunk. All the fish died. It was all turned to blood. And so they couldn't drink. There were frogs. And the frogs, they were in the water. They were in the homes. They were in people's beds. They were even people's food. There were gnats, and gnats are, are small insects, small biting insects that covered all the men and all the animals. There were flies. Swarms of flies filled the homes, filled, filled the buildings, and it, it, it wrecked some of the crops, wrecked some of the land. And then there was a plague against the livestock. 
And the Egyptians, they relied on the livestock for transportation, for food. All of them were struck with a disease. And so if you can imagine, among all these plagues, a whole pile of, of corpses, of dead animal corpses filled with disease all throughout the land. After the livestock, there were boils, small sores that, that appeared on, all, all across their bodies. They were red, they were painful, and they were filled with pus. Turn to your neighbor, neighbor and say, gross. And then after the boils came this significant storm. It was the plague of hail. It was one of the most furious storms that's recorded in Scripture. And God said to Moses, get up tomorrow morning, confront Pharaoh, and tell him, free Israel, or I'm about to unleash the full force of my plagues. What did Pharaoh say? Nope. And God said, you better stay indoors for this one. He said, this will be like nothing you've ever seen or heard. Anything or anything, never seen or heard, any, anyone or anything caught in this storm is going to perish. And so let's look at this, this passage here. Exodus nine twenty three. To 26. It says, Moses stretched out his staff towards, toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt, so there was hail and fire flashing across, flashing continuous, continually in the midst of the hail. Fire with hail. Very severe, such as had not been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck all that was in the land through all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. The hail was struck every plant, every, every plant of the field and shattered every tree of the field. Have you ever seen a tree getting shattered? Only in the land of Gosham, where the sons of Israel were, there was no hail. So we see in this, in this plague, everything, almost every single thing, getting destroyed. The crops were beaten into the ground. The trees were stripped bare and blown apart, smashed. And this is the first plague where death came into the picture. All the other plagues, they, they kind of caused some inconvenience and, and a little bit of pain maybe. But this is a plague where God unleashed the full force of his plagues, of his, of his power. And in this plague, he brought death to the people that did not listen to his instruction. And as God was pouring out his power against Pharaoh, uh, the, the, Israelite, the Israelites, what happened is they found themselves in, in, a, in the midst of this storm. They, they, weren't, they weren't the subject of, uh, of these plagues, but they found themselves in the midst of this. So this morning, I want to encourage you uh, to let you know that when we, when we are caught in the midst of storms, we can turn to God, we could trust in His presence, 
and we can approach those storms with confidence. Amen? And God revealed several things uh, about himself through, through this particular storm. So I'm going to go through a, a, a few of those with you. And the first thing is he revealed his power. And as you look at this, you're, you're thinking, this is a magnificent storm. I've never even heard of fire and hail coming together like this, such as this, and, and destroying so many people. God was revealing his power. Now, some of you may be asking, well, why would God, why would a loving God do something so destructive? If any of you were here uh, during uh, Pastor Allen's, any of Pastor Allen's sermons, he had mentioned that where there is love, there is justice. And so in this case, the loving God, Yahweh, is showing his love to his people Israel. He is rescuing them from the land of the Israelites. But where there is love, there is justice. Where there is justice, there is also judgment on those who don't obey his will. So this loving God is coming and showing his power. And the God of the, the, the different gods of Egypt, actually, uh, something very interesting about these, these ten plagues that, are, that, are, that were displayed, is there was a corresponding God of Egypt for each of these plagues. There was, God for, uh, there was a God for the frogs, there was a God for, for, for the cattle, and there was a God for the hail. And so uh, we see all these little gods, uh, gods of, uh, of Egypt coming against the great and the almighty king of Israel. And so one by one, as these plagues are, are poured down on Egypt, we see God crushing each and every one of these gods. And then after, as, as God was crushing each one of these gods, he was also coming against another power, another force, and that was the force of Pharaoh. How many people think it's smart to uh, oppose the Almighty God? I think it's kind of stupid, actually. I don't think Pharaoh was, was thinking too clearly. He was coming against the Almighty God, and so God showed who was in power. So when, when confronting Pharaoh, he used these words. And uh, if, you, if you turn to your Bible, uh, you could see in, in verse 15 of the same chapter, it says, For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you, you and your people with a plague that, that would have wiped you off the earth completely. But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Amen? God raised Pharaoh up. For this very purpose. So that through this experience, God's power might be revealed. Many of us, we're, we're struggling through storms. Different, various storms in our lives. Situations, circumstances where, where we can't really control many of them. Some of us are, are feeling helpless. And, and feeling as though we, we can't make any difference. We can't make any change. I want to tell you this morning, you may be right. You can't change some of those circumstances. But we're serving a God that can. And there's a God who we serve who is powerful 
who is, who is just as powerful to command all the elements of nature, this same God is able to command all the situations that you are now facing. So we could turn to this powerful God and we could know that he is in control. And God is saying the very same thing that, that, that he said to, to Moses and to Pharaoh. I've raised you up for this very purpose. I raised your situation up for this very purpose. Many of you, you're, you're, you're going through a helpless time. You're thinking that, that there, this is too much. I can't take it anymore. Don't give up yet. God has raised you up for this very purpose. My uh, sister Adeline, she um, sometimes she kind of reminds us of things that most of us forget. And uh, when, when Adeline, when she was a little kid, we used to call her a powerhouse. And the reason we did that was because she was so full of the word, uh, so full of prayer. She understood the importance of both. And uh, every once in a while, Adeline will, will stop me and say, um, and she'll remind me. One, on one particular instance, she said, uh, Andrew, you, you realize that in some of these situations that you're facing, you can't change people. You can't change the hearts of people. But if you go to, go to God in prayer, God can. He's in control of people's hearts, right? Amen? So I want to remind you this morning that, that whatever struggle, whatever storm you're going through, whatever it is, if it's between a person in a, in a particular situation, God is in control of people's hearts. The second thing that, that, that we see revealed in this particular storm is God is revealing his presence, his very presence. And it's as though God is saying, I am with you. So God used the storm to reveal his presence. Those who remained in his will, in his presence, they were spared from this, from this storm. He's, it's, it's as though God is saying, trust in my guidance, and you will be spared from the destruction of the storm. Those who obeyed God, remember Pharaoh said, get indoors, the storm is coming. Those who obeyed God and who took shelter, they were spared. But those who ignored him, they were directly opposing God's will and they ran away from the shelter of God. So as we are, are continuing to, to pursue the will of God, we need to remember to remain in obedience to him. Because as we're remaining in obedience to him, God is keeping us in the shelter of his wing. Amen? I was, uh, I was visiting my in-laws uh, a few, few weeks ago, a few months ago, actually. And my, my wife and my sister, they love storms. They just love watching storms. And they live out in the country, and uh, there, there's nothing like seeing a storm out in the country you could see the whole expanse. You could see, see so much more of the sky. We were sitting in, in my in-law's house, and uh, we heard the rumbling of a storm. And very quickly, they, they, they ran to the, to the window, and they started, started peering through the window and watching, watching the storm start. And slowly, the, the storm got, got bigger and more intense. 
eventually the windows, as, as the storm got closer, the windows started to rattle. It got very scary, actually, even indoors. The trees, the, the ones that kind of go like this in storms, they were kind of going like this. And there was wind blowing all around, and, and, and the, the, the rain was just thick. You couldn't see, see, see very far through the, through the, the rain. <laughs> funny thing, funny thing happened. As we, were, as we were in this room, looking out at the storm, Heather and her sister, they look at each other, and they say, let's go see Dad. And so they run, run to the other room to go see Dad. And they said, I don't know why, but, but when I'm with Dad, I feel safe. You know, and I, I consider myself, you know, pretty protective, and I, I figured, no, you're, you're, you're in the same room as me, so why, why would you go see Dad? But they ran to the other room, and their, their, their dad was standing, and they stood beside him, and they felt safe. How many people know that God is standing nearby, and that we could stand next to him, and we could feel the shelter, we could feel safety close to being close in his arms. Amen? Amen. This God of Israel, who is, who is declaring, I am with you, he heard the cries of Israel, and he came to deliver them. He revealed himself to, to Moses. You all know the story uh, as, as he was first called, as Moses was first called in the burning bush. He revealed himself to Moses as Yahweh, which which means, I'm with you. The name signifies his presence. God is with. He is near. He's among his people. And a short time later, after, after, after these plagues had finished, uh, they, they constructed a tabernacle. And tabernacle means what? Dwelling place. God was dwelling in their midst. The significance of this the significance of the storm was that God wanted to be present. He wanted to be accessible. He wanted to be near those who were, who were suffering, those who were calling out to God. And when we follow his guidance, he assures us of his presence. When we follow him and do his will, he assures us of his presence. And finally, uh, the last thing that we see God revealing himself, a certain aspect of himself that he's revealing to himself as his desire to see us reuniting with himself. It's as though God is saying, come back to me. It's as though God was saying to the people of Israel, I want to see you come back to me. The hailstorm, it pointed toward um, a figurative storm that most of the Israelites were facing. When they were in slavery, when they were, when they, when they were being oppressed, they were in this storm. And so the Israelites, when they were found in this storm, when they were in bondage and oppression, uh, there, was, there was an even greater storm happening inside of them. And it was the fact that they were far away from God. That was the problem. As they were in slavery, they were far away from God. 
And so as we look, look at this plague, the, uh, it points towards God's process of redeeming his people. All the Israelites, they, they, they were in a time of slavery. They, they were oppressed. But the reality was, even if God had wiped out Egypt, wiped out, wiped out all of their opposition, inwardly they weren't ready to get into the promised land. They weren't ready to have God dwelling in their midst. They needed to experience him for themselves. They needed to, to enter a covenant relationship with him. And that's what this storm was. It was the beginning, the beginning of the exodus. The exodus was the, the departure. In Greek, it's the departure. Uh, we're seeing the, the, the Israelites carried from their slavery into a place of redemption. So we see God showing himself by saying, come back to me. I want to see you enter in that relationship that we once had. I want to see you come back. As, as your forefathers were with me, I want you to be with me. And so God wants us to use our storms to re- reunite us with himself. How many people know that when we're most desperate, those are the times when we end up turning to God? The times where we feel like we, we, we cannot, we, we don't have the power to change our situations, our circumstances. Those are the times where we turn to God and look to him for, for his help. And so his desire is for, for us to come back to him. Many of us, as Israelites, were, were in, in captivity and slavery. Many of us, uh, in different aspects of our lives, we're, we're going through a period of slavery different aspects of our lives that we haven't fully turned to God with. We haven't allowed God to set us free from those things. And so God is saying this morning, I want to free you. I want to redeem you. I want to see you led out of that captivity and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. There's a, there's a mystery in these storms that, that we're mentioning. And this mystery is that sometimes, sometimes God allows suffering to take place in the midst of our storms. How many people know that? This mystery of suffering that take place. In Romans 8, it shows us that God allows suffering to take place, but it's not our final destination. Here's what it says in verse 20. It says, For the creation was subjected to frustration, but not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage from to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. He allows suffering, but it's not our final destination. Sometimes throughout the storms of our life, he allows suffering to take place. But we need to remember that as we're pursuing the will of God, as as we're fully engaged in him, in his will, he will show himself faithful. He will show his presence among us. We're going to suffer through some of these storms. That's reality. God's not going to necessarily, it's not his will to necessarily rescue us from every single storm. 
as we're pursuing the will of God, sometimes we engage in the storms. We're pursuing the will of God, doing what he desires for us to do. And while we're tackling the storms, God is in our midst. God is continuously saying, I am with you. I am with you. We're storm chasers. We're also fearless. We need to be fearless through the storms of this life. Moses, when he was uh, being used by, by God to release the, the children of Israel, he lifted up his staff and he engaged. He was part of the process of starting a storm. When good encounters evil, what happens? Storms erupt, right? When good encounters evil, storms erupt. Many of you are called to start storms. Many of you have, have a deep burden for, 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 for some, some evil that is taking place among us, among our earth, among, among our society. And people, certain people in this room, you're called not to ignore these, these evil things. But as you oppose them, as good encounters evil, you're going to see a storm erupt. And so God, I believe that God is going to empower many people here today to engage in those storms. To engage in these, these, these hideous, these, these ridiculous storms that will cause suffering but it will set people free. Man. So I just want to remind you that, that we are serving a loving God. And as we, uh, as we look at this storm, uh, the first thing we see is the destruction. The destruction that's happening on Egypt. But what's really taking place is a loving God is rescuing his people. And the same God that is rescuing, that has rescued the people of Israel, he wants to rescue you today. So this morning, uh, I want to invite you to engage with God in the midst of, of these storms of life. And as you're, as you're going through different, different situations and um, different struggles, maybe many of you would say, I'm, right now, I feel as though I'm in captivity. I feel as though I didn't fully give something, to, something away to God to allow him to set me free. If that's you this morning, I want to invite you to pursue God in the midst of this storm. To not ignore it, but to allow him to show his redemption. God is standing nearby. He's standing nearby and we could, we could go near to him. And we could experience his presence as a loving father. Amen. Lord God, I, I just want to thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for, for the, the great desires that you have for our lives, God. You desire for us not to uh, fall away, to, sh be sh to shrink back and to be destroyed but you desire for us 
to pursue dreams of excellence, dreams that you have put inside of our hearts, inside of our lives. And as we pursue these dreams that you've put inside of us, the great will that you have for our lives, Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength to face the storms that we are going to face. Give us the strength, give us the wisdom to know how to, how to tackle these storms. And God, I pray that you would allow us to truly be fearless through the storms. So God, I pray that as you have shown yourself present to Israel, that you would show yourself this morning present to us. That we would be able to see you and know that you are here. You're a loving Father that stands close by and wants to be with us. Is calling us to yourself. Thank you, Lord. This morning, I want to invite the worship team back up. And as, as they're coming back, I want you to begin uh, considering some of the storms that you are now facing. And for those of you who feel as though um, you're going through a time where you're in slavery, you're in captivity, I want to invite you to, to approach God this morning, to allow him to show his power, to allow him to show his mighty storms that he, he wants to show uh, as an act of redemption inside of you. This morning, I, I want to encourage you to be courageous, to act on the things that God is calling you to do, to do those things that are difficult, that are, that are mysterious, the things that are extremely hard to pursue. And I want you to pursue those with confidence, knowing that he is with us. Amen.